0: welcome again to another edition of the green Beige fantasy spot as always that is aj he is the green i'm ken i am the beige and this is another edition of the fantasy spot now as we had told you and we were telling you leading up to this week we were going to have a show league and good news we have a league we had the draft on saturday night and we have some very interesting-looking teams heading into this season. AJ, how's it going, my brother?
1: Uh, good, good. As, I will, as you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of you know organizing for this movie. And, you know, it's really interesting. This is a very random fact, but interesting. <laughs> the fact that we're moving to the Dallas area means that in 2021, I would have been in each of the NFC East cities. At some nice. point in time during the year. <laughs> random, <laughs> random, but just interesting to
0: me. Yeah, that's nice. That, that is good that you are a well-traveled man, my friend.
1: Yeah, for the crappiest division.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, you don't have to think about your division. You just have to think about mm-hmm. the players. Mm-hmm. And as I said, we had our draft, our draft went on Saturday night. We have 10 teams in the league. And right now, we don't even have all of the names, but all the teams are not named. Um, AJ has yet to, to name his team. But the other teams we have... Uh, we this, have kind
1: the, of uh, this might be a temp name, but you'll see it when you pull
0: it up. Ah, yeah. okay. So we have the Long Bay Bayonets. We have Team It. I'm sure that name is going to change as well. We have Kawhi Not, um, Team Club She-She, Alberta Tyrant, Denver Ravens Revenge Team Perks, the London Learners. My team is the B.A.G. Bombers, and let me just refresh this page so I can see what your team's name is. Oh, Herb. (laughs) Herb, your enthusiasm. That's correct.
1: That's
0: correct. My guy,
1: Justin Herbert.
0: All right. And that's that's something that you tend to do with all your teams. You base your name off of a player on your team. I just... Since this is the show league, I just decided I'll go with the beige bombers because I will be representing the beige side of the green beige Mm. in in this fantasy league. So what we're going to do at this point, we are going to show you guys how the draft went. So let me share my screen and you will be able to see what happened. So in... Week, Well, sorry, in round one, round one is usually where the most influential players or those who should be considered to be most influential are usually the ones that are picked. Christian McCaffrey, as should surprise nobody, um, he went first overall. He has been ranked first overall in ESPN's fantasy, so he was the first pick. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara was my first pick. Being a Saints fan, that should not surprise you. Um, Patrick Mahomes was a bit of a surprise in, first, in the first round. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, <laughs> Aaron Jones, Travis Kelsey, Devante Adams, and Tyreek Hill. That was our first round. AJ, you were saying something about the pick of Patrick Mahomes at fifth overall.
1: Yeah, man. Like, that. it really grinds my gears when people go snatching up quarterbacks in the first round. I, for all, the second round, too. I'd give some leeway on the third round because I feel like now based on the fact that men snatching them up in in the first and second rounds, some people get a little panicky and then end up going for them in the third round. But I mean, I'm old school in this way at heart, right? Like I don't start looking at a quarterback to round four (laughs) at at earliest and then possibly even round five. But I hate the fact that people snatching a quarterback in round one. It
0: really grinds my gears. It, it surprises me, especially when, in years past, this was never the case. Exactly. However, it seems as if everyone is willing to make the exception that if Patrick Mahomes is available, then he is one worth jumping up and grabbing in the first row mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. He would not have been my first pick, but now that I'm looking at this round one, AJ, I'm surprised that your first pick was Aaron Jones and not Devante Adams. That that is a bit of a shocker.
1: Yeah, because um, so the reason is right, I because I was picking in what here, seventh. Yeah. Based on the position I was picking in and and the running backs available, like I kind of did want to start off with a solid running back. To to be very honest, right, and um, when you see the ones that were off of the board already, and mm-hmm. I I just felt like I don't know, I mean, drafting in seventh meant that yeah I'd be fourth in the next round, but I, I I felt like if I missed the opportunity to take a running back then that I the options would not have been even slimmer in in the second round, so. And I usually I usually do try to go running back before receiver. Right, so hence me taking Aaron Jones and so said, so done. As as you're about to get into round two, you'll see.
0: Yep, so the good thing, I guess, if there is a good thing about snake drafts is that the the person who has the first overall pick, they don't pick first every round as happens in standard drafts, like what happens in the NFL, the NBA, Mm. and other places. With a snake draft, who goes first in the first round, then goes last in the it's second round. Order. So the order keeps flip-flopping. Now, I personally i have said this multiple times this weekend. I don't like having the first overall pick in any draft, in any of these snake drafts, because the first overall mm-hmm. pick then means I have to sit and wait and watch everybody pick twice before I get another opportunity. Now. Mm-hmm. We covered the first round and I was smart in the middle of the group. And I love that. I, this is the first time I've ever been like dead center where then Let's I'm not. Sad. Yeah, because then I'm be there's hardly that long of a way. I'm picking around the same number every round. And then I'm not watching all of the players that I might want fly exactly. off the board. Exactly, And then so in round two, We had Antonio Gibson going to Denver Ravens Revenge. He had the last pick of the first round. So he picked first in the second round. Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Stephon Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, D.K. Metcalf, and George Kittle. Those rounded out the second round. Now, for me, when I was picking, my intention usually is to go running back and then to grab the tight end that i want however seeing how all these as you said all the running backs are just flying off the board is like well maybe i should grab a second running back before before things get away because it's it's always you know like mike tyson said everyone has a plan until they get a punch in the mouth it's good to have your system or your plan as to how you're going to do it until you get into the actual draft and then you see oh wait a second my whole draft board is completely up in flames because everyone is right. doing things differently. And your second pick, AJ, was Stefan Diggs, Buffalo wide receiver.
1: Yeah, because again, um, and you see, same thing I was saying, right? First three picks of, of the second row, all running back. So I, I really did not want to miss the opportunity to take like one of the higher rated um, running backs in the game. And I, based on how things were going, I was like, I, I... I'm more likely to find a, a, a top-quality receiver at, at that time, uh, the second round, more so than uh, than a, a top-quality running back. So, made decision to go running back first. I took Stephon Diggs um, with that fourth pick in the second round. Uh, yeah, because he was still a bit, I, as you, I like you rightfully said, Devontae is usually my guy, but he went in the first round, no surprise. So, I felt like Stephon is, uh, Solid, very, very solid. because uh, he, what I can't remember the ranking though no, but he was either first or second in fantasy points last year, um, among receivers, right? Yes, somewhere there, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, and and let's be honest, he is still going to get the bulk of the work in that team because it's not like they fortify their backfields, um, with, with runners. So, yeah, we we know how that how that offense is, and then after me. After me, four straight running backs. The one of them. <laughs> <words> of me. <laughs> I, had, I had to stash a running back in that first round. So, yeah, I went running back receiver for my first two picks, knowing that my next pick then would be the seventh pick of the third round. So I knew that, you know, a lot more quality would be off the board.
0: Yeah. So in this particular draft <laughs> and in this league, as we had mentioned before, it is a single quarterback league. And it being a single quarterback league, I honestly thought that the quarterbacks would have, would have gone later because you will be able to get a quarterback a little later on. However, in the, in the third round, then we had two quarterbacks going back-to-back, Kyler back, Murray and Josh Allen. First two picks in round three. I believed then at that point that if I'm not going to grab one of these, one of the top scoring quarterbacks, I need to fortify the rest of my team to make sure that I can get some points and make sure I'm competitive every week. And at this point, I didn't think, like, I didn't feel it was a reach. I think round two, round three is a good spot to take a tight end, especially seeing how everybody else was maneuvering. They were just kind of ignoring the tight ends, and that, I think that that's always a sweet spot for me. So I took Darren Waller for my third pick in the draft.
1: Yeah. And we, we, we were on the call having this discussion, so I'll just share it. I'll just share it um, with the viewers now. But So, Darren Waller was actually on my draft board as my pick (laughs) for that round. So, if if it wasn't you and he didn't get snatched by anybody else, I was going to take him. So, actually seeing you take him meant that I had to readjust my strategy because I had every intention of going tight end and and to be honest, I don't know. I, I didn't even, I don't think I necessarily had like a backup plan. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily scrambling too much, though. I, I did know that I wanted another running back. Um, that was probably going to be my fourth-round pick. But since you took Waller, I decided to step that up because by this time now, that was all three of the elite tight ends that were gone. So I'm like, all right, whoever you're taking now at tight end, you'll basically be settling. So just make sure you get that other quality running back. Um, went with would Elir. I think that was... I think that's a solid enough pick for that round because I expect him to still be leading Kansas City's backfield. And we know uh, he got a lot of work last year because, you know, they were trying to add that extra dimension to their offense. So I expect to see the same from him this year.
0: All right. So then after we covered um, round three, now you said that we there are three um, tight ends, and I don't mm-hmm. disagree that they are mainly three, but one who is just under that level was the first pick in round four, Mark Andrews. If you didn't get any of these three, Mark Andrews probably would have been the next best tight end to yeah. grab. Yeah. Of course, I you know, there's a lot of um, talk about Kyle Pitts and if Kyle Pitts may or may not, well, not may or may not, a lot of people are very high on cut pits and expect that he's gonna be fantastic and he was the second pick in round four by now most of the um the like the biggest names and wide receivers were already disappearing so my pick in round four then was on robinson of the Chicago Bears who we made mention of on this show just mm-hmm. last week so you would understand then why it would have gone Robinson with my fourth-round pick, and your pick in that round, it was Justin Herbert. Yeah. I've Mr. Herbert, um, enthusiasm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, that's when I usually start looking at, at quarterbacks. And, again, given my draft position, it was fourth in this round, then it would have been seventh in the next round. I did not – based on the quarterbacks that were already taken off the board by this point, I did not want to have to end up settling because – Herbert was essentially like my at least second option at quarterback. I had no issue with him being my my pick, so um, because he was still there, I decided to bite the bullet, take him in the fourth round because I, I, I based on how things were progressing, I still felt like there would be, since I already have Stefan Diggs at wide receiver, I felt like there would still be a good enough receiver for me to put in that number two receiving um, wide receiver spot, so decided to bite the bullet, go with quarterback in round four yeah because the pick before mine was also a quarterback so that would have made like what the f- five of them off the board One, yeah
0: that's what I was three. actually here checking to see because we had think- Patrick Mahomes in the first round no quarterbacks in the second round third round was Josh Allen and then yeah, so mine, was a
1: mine was a fifth yeah
0: yeah Lamar Jackson Justin Herbert those ones were gone so mm-hmm. of course but you now I'm getting a little concerned because all of these quarterbacks are going, and I'm like, What is going on here? But I, I figured that there were still enough options at quarterback out there that maybe I could take some other position other than a quarterback in round five and then you know see what was available when round six came around. So I took Cooper Cup to be my second wide receiver to go along. Now I have two running backs, one tight end. Way receivers. I'm feeling pretty good about where our Rumisky position players are. And you then took TJ Hawkinson from Detroit as your tight end.
1: Yeah, finally. And he's another player that I had spoken about. Um, obviously, I mean, playing for Detroit, you would always have some kind of concerns. But in terms of his actual talent mm-hmm. um, and the ability that he possesses, and the fact that Detroit's wide receiving room generally, like whether it's receivers or tight ends, it's not very good. Jared mm-hmm. Goff doesn't have a lot to work with. So I'm 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 still I'm still very um almost sure that Hawkinson is going to be like the main threat in in, in that area. Mm-hmm. So um having missed out on the others, I was like, all right, if he's still on the board, let me make that tight end pick now instead of going for the second receiver, because again, the wide receiver pool is a bit deeper than the tight end pool. So I I I felt like Hawk was at that point. T.J. was more of a a solid pick than getting that second receiver.
0: Yeah, and I probably should have taken a quarterback because Aaron Rodgers was still available in round five. Mm -hmm. But I didn't do that. No, we we could keep going um, round by round in terms of the players, but let's just take a quick look at the teams. Um, So my team... The notable names, well, I think they're all pretty notable names. I think if there's one player on here that may have been a little bit of a reach for me, it would have been Corey Davis in round 10. Mm. Because Corey Davis, there's a lot of uncertainty still with the Jets because they're starting a rookie quarterback. Similar to your concerns where Hawkinson is, is with the Detroit Lions, but I believe that Davis was a good guy to, to grab because he is slated to be the number one receiver in the Jets. So mm-hmm. hopefully I can strike gold with a, a 10th round pick. My two quarterbacks, the starting quarterback is Matthew Stafford, who was talked up very highly a few weeks ago. And then, I mean, I there's I, there's no reason why I shouldn't take a risk on Jameson in round 13. I don't blame you. I actually took James in one of my leagues as well,
1: so I can't even. And and and, funny enough, in another league too, I I did draft Corey Davis as well. Um, with regards to the reach in my team, though, I would say that that would have to be Chase Edmund as a seventh pick. Yeah, I, I, at that point, Ken, I won't lie to you, right? That that was really one of those picks where I was like, I I just had no idea what to do at that point. Mm. I knew that I wanted to get to to start to fill up. Um my bench essentially I, I wasn't looking at, at, at a kicker and I do not know punter and, and stuff at that um time I, I think I'd fill out my starting lineup essentially but yeah I, I was just looking for you know like players that, that would come off the bench especially for the bye weeks and I think that was one of the main reasons why I took him because his bye week didn't clash with my other starting running backs he wasn't necessarily the best player on the board still at the position, but it was just, yeah, just not having a clash in the bye weeks is why I took him. But I ain't going to lie to you. Chase Edmonds at seven is a much far, far greater reach than Corey Davis at 10.
0: <laughs> well, the only other thing that I wanted to point out, you know, I, I have made mention of my rule. I don't pick players from other teams unless their name is Christian McCaffrey. I brought that rule. In this draft, I took Mike Davis from the Atlanta Falcons in row nine. But Mike Davis is supposed to be the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons. And I could def I was looking at my team and I was like, maybe I should try to get a little bit more running back depth, as you said, by weeks also being a consideration. So I picked him up. But more than likely, as what happens with all of our fantasy teams, who is on my squad? No, will not be who's on my squad. When week 18. Yes, That's right. right. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So yes. that is looking at the teams. And when we look now at the matchups this week, we have team Burks. Team Burks and my beige bombers are going up against each other. Denver Ravens Revenge, they're going up against Kawaii Knot. London learners, they have Herb Your Enthusiasm. First up. Long Bay bayonets have Alberta tyrant team club sheche. They have team team hold it, and if you were to go on ESPN, you would in your particular leagues you will see that there is always a projected total, um, how many people are still yet to play and who are expected to be the main point getters per um, team, and of course we have put all of these. Well, I have the starting lineups on Instagram, so you can go to at Green Beach and you can see all of these teams in all of their glory. And you can let us know which team is your favorite. You can decide if you want to pick the winner from now who's going to win the league. Is I think it's a little early for that personally, but you can you can do whatever you need to do. Um, and let us know. Let us know which teams you like, which teams you think could be better. And we will definitely feature some of that on later shows. So, Aj, as we look now ahead into week one, you know, there's some players that would be recommended to start and others that would be recommended to sit. Now, when you look at some of these, like especially running backs and the wide receivers and the matchups that they have against the opposing teams, who jumps out to you as somebody that should probably start that maybe they're thinking should probably sit? Wait,
1: repeat, wait, run that by me again. Who,
0: who so, is? who do you believe is a start that maybe is being overlooked? That you know, maybe we're hearing that maybe this person should sit. Now, I'll, I'll stop sharing my screen at this point. Uh, um,
1: you mean just generally, or yes. like in my team? Just generally,
0: just generally, who when you look at the the matchups of the teams and hmm. and week one, who do you believe is a, a potential sit versus a start?
1: Uh yes, I didn't even look through all the matchups as yet, but um, I don't know. That's a good question. Turn me off a little bit without and uh,
0: no you problem. Well, you, yeah, what you what you think about yeah. it? Um, so somebody that I believe is a a potential start versus a sit Um, Najee Harris he as we said he is slated to be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers Uh, according to our league let me get his um, projection for this week so the way how our league is being scored he is right now sitting at 16.2 fantasy points which is elite running back level numbers because for reference Alvin Kamara he is at 18.3 so Najee Harris is definitely one that should definitely be considered a start Kareem Hunt I believe is one as well if I'm going according to the the question I asked who you might someone might think that you should probably sit but could be a viable fantasy starter. Kareem Hunt would be a name that jumps out at me because they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know, the Cleveland Browns are one who likes to control time of possession. They like to make sure that they keep the opposition, especially in the case like the Chiefs, off the field. That means that the running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to get a lot of work. And then you look at the... Running back, who does more in the passing game? That is definitely Hunt over Chubb. So if there is somebody that you should consider, especially if you're looking in the RB2 kind of slot, not necessarily in RB1, but definitely Kareem Hunt would be somebody that you could consider. Now, AJ, have you phoned someone that you believe yeah, you should um, start?
1: Yeah, I... Honestly, I um. So I was just looking at some of these matchups here, and uh, like a, a couple names jumped out at me. But to be very honest, right, I feel like as I, I see, and we were speaking on Green Beach, um, when we recorded the Green Beach episode, we were speaking about some of the additions that Baltimore made, and I said I like the Sammy Watkins, um, move for them, right? Mm-hmm. I especially like it too because of it for fantasy, you know. I think this will increase his fantasy value. And for this week one, I, 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 he's on the bench of the team that he was drafted by. They have, they're at Las Vegas in week one, but I would start him. I, I, uh, if, if he were in my team, I would start him. Um, I mean, I guess in, in, in this team, he has um, Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin as his starters. I mm-hmm. don't trust Godwin Godwin's numbers enough in fantasy and with the way that ball is going to be shared down there, he could be one that potentially will lose um, some of his receptions. So I, I think Sammy is is like uh, I understand why there would be hesitation, but in 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 Baltimore's offense currently, he could slot in very easily and 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 yeah, take some targets um, off of because who else is there really <laughs> with the, with the experience that he brings to the field? And you were talking. You spoke so glowingly about his actual ability on the field. So he's an extra weapon for for Lamar. And we know that um, Baltimore likes to run, but they are going to have to throw as well. And I, I think Sammy Watkins is actually a viable week one starter.
0: Okay. So in the same vein, someone that could probably, or you should maybe reconsider starting, someone that should probably take a seat this week just based primarily on the matchup and I'm looking at anybody that has pretty much any of the Dolphins starters because we know that usually um Parker um he has been their usual number one threat for them he has some issues with health but as we want everybody more or less is healthy so he might trick somebody into thinking, okay, maybe I need oh, like a wide receiver two or flex player, so maybe I should slot Devonte Parker in there. But the Dolphins they're playing against the Patriots, and they're playing against the Patriots. The Patriots' defense is much improved this season compared to last season. It's going to be a long day for everyone in the Dolphins' uniform. So I would probably not risk any Dolphins this week unless you have no choice but to play two.
1: I understand that. I definitely understand that. Um, with regards to who to sit, I, I'm, I... The point you made about about the Dolphins is, is solid, and I, I kind of feel that way too about anybody in the Texans organization. Because uh, we know, uh, uh, we know it's, it's made official now that Tyra Taylor is going to be the starter, right? Mm-hmm. The Sean Watson situation hasn't been resolved, so... Tara Taylor is starting. This, the, the, the entire organization is a dumpster fire, though. And I, I kid you not, right? Like, even the fact that David Johnson is there doesn't fill me with any great hope. Because they just brought in Mark Ingram, too. And I feel like there's somebody else. But either way, that backfield is going to be a committee. Um, I just don't trust them. And who are, where are they in week one? Oh, they actually have Jacksonville in week one. Mm-hmm. Actually have Jacksonville. Yeah, I could actually see Jacksonville winning this game or you know. LaVisca Chenault might actually be a sleeper too, but uh, the same. The, what you just said, the points you made about the Dolphins, uh, anybody in Dolphins offense, that's exactly how I feel. I, I don't know why anyone would want to start Houston's offense in week one. They would have to show me something first and convince me otherwise, but I'm not going near any of them. And even if I did take a flyer on one of them in a, in a later round, which I didn't, I would not be starting them in week one.
0: Yeah, I mean what you're saying about the, the Texans, it does it is it is pretty solid. The only thing though where I where I consider the Texans is is the opposition. The Jaguars are not expected to be a very good team. Their defense was not very good last season and they they haven't really done anything this season to address that. So Tyrod Taylor, if there's one thing that Tyrod Taylor is going to do, he's not going to turn the ball over. He might not throw the ball too far down the field, so that does bring, um, like, Brandon Cooks' value down. Looking at, at that, but especially when you're looking at someone who's going to be working near the line of scrimmage, depending on the way how the game goes, if, well, the Texans may or may not find themselves down because the Jaguars right now is a very unknown quantity. But at this point, I, I don't see any Texans either. Especially David Johnson, I, I is probably not in this draft, but I know I did take a flare on him in some other draft, and he probably will not be on my team by the end of this weekend. So, yeah, the Texans really but do you know, not.
1: That's a, that's a lot of a, a lot of that is personal for me too, right? David Johnson burned me too many times in the last. Year. The same thing you said about um, Keenan Allen. About, yeah, yeah, about Keenan Allen, right? David Johnson burned me too many times, boy. No, nah, I can't I can't forgive him in fantasy. Staying clear with
0: me. Yeah, I was honestly, I was really glad to see when Keenan Allen was not available. When Keenan Allen was gone, <laughs> because the longer he stays on the board, the fact that I know that Keenan Allen is still the primary target for Justin Herbert, yeah, yeah. It would have tugged at me, it would have pulled at me, but like, yeah, you know, maybe you can still take it. Maybe you know, it might not be so bad this season. No, thank you. Somebody took care of that for you. Yeah, somebody took him early and I was like, Good. He is gone, and now I will, I will figure out But I mean, that's we're we're talking start and set. Keenan Allen, for the Chargers, the Chargers, they are playing against the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. And the Washington football team, they do have a pretty good defense. They have four first-round picks across the defensive line. But Allen, he is on the outside. So he, again, being the favorite target of his quarterback would be somebody that you could think about starting but maybe um, their starting running back, whose name escapes me at the moment, he probably is somebody that you may not want to risk in this game.
1: Who's this? And and, and where are you saying?
0: The um, Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers playing against the Washington football team.
1: What do you mean? Who started...
0: The starting running back for the Chargers.
1: Oh, oh, Eckler.
0: Yes, Austin Eckler. Thank you. Yeah. He does get good work um, receiving out of the backfield, but running the football guys is going to be a really tough game for them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, is, is there any other players that you want to make mention of this week before we get out of here? I'm
1: not. So I just kind of, I just kind of made mention of. Um, of what's his name, Leviska Chenault, because I think he's actually going to be a very useful weapon for um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence's season, he was actually he was actually decent last year. Like he's not someone that you would take high in a draft. Like he's not a receiver one or two. He's, he's like a decent flex option. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did draft him in one league. I did draft him in one league, but he is versatile because he does also. He does also get some of them jet sweep players, right? So the same thing that Bobby Trees would do up in l a mm-hmm. um he he's he's that kind of gadget player in in um their offense. I mean, obviously it remains to be seen if urban Meyer uses him in that regard, but he has the ability to do it, so he's someone that um yeah I think could 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 be useful as as the weeks go on and injuries start to become a factor like and he doesn't have a, a an injury record, so yeah just keep your eye on him also. In terms, um, with regards to keeping your eye on a player, I am really interested to see how Zach Ertz bounced back. Zach, a couple of years ago, Zach Ertz was that tight. And in, in that big, it was that big three of him, Kelsey, and Kittle. And now he's just nowhere near that. Like, we don't even know. Uh, we don't even expect him to be the number one receiver in his current team, right? It seems like he's been overtaken by Dallas Goddard. But in terms of ability and what he's done in fantasy in the past, this man was a, he was a serious weapon. So I i kind of be looking to see how his season progresses. And I, I'm pretty sure he was drafted in this league. I, I, I have him on my interested list. So if he gets dropped, you know the notified. Just keep <laughs> an eye. Because he was my guy. He was my guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, some, well, one team whose players should be interesting to keep an eye on would be Carolina. Because Carolina right now, they're, Especially their wide receivers, they're kind of floating under the radar mm-hmm. because there's uncertainty with what you're going to get from Sam Darnold. But Robbie Anderson, there is familiarity between the two of them, coming there's from there. their days in the Jets. Mm-hmm. That could be that could be fruitful. That could be fruitful for whoever be- takes the chance on him. Um, you said tight ends are the um, quarterback's best friend, so. The New England Patriots duo of Hunter Henry and John Luce Smith. Maybe something also to keep an eye on. And definitely the rookie quarterbacks. You would definitely want to keep an eye on... um, Matt Jones, we know for sure, is starting. And the quarterback, um, Zach Wilson, for the Jets. Mm -hmm. Those are two that would definitely want a lot of consideration. And we have even seen in some of our drafts that people have been taking um, Justin Fields as a stash even before he's even appointed to be the starter. Someone is already taking him and keeping him.
1: I've, I've been in five drafts so far, and I do not think that he's been left in free agency in any of them. I think in every single case, every single draft, someone picked him up. Um, and your guy too, Mike, Mike Thomas. Yeah, can't guard Mike. No mm-hmm. one <laughs> in every league so far, someone someone picked him up and, and stashed him.
0: I don't have a problem necessarily with someone stashing Michael Thomas because the expectation, well, first off, we know he's going to miss five games. There's 18-game season. And for most team, most leagues, the regular season is going to be between 13 and 14 weeks. So that's going to give you, he's supposed to be back then in week seven Saints mm-hmm. have their bye week in week six. Yeah. So you have seven, six to seven weeks or seven to eight weeks of potential production from Michael Thomas. It might be worth it, especially if you I were able to I... grab him in a later row. Because if you're drafting him in row three now, uh, maybe that might may not have been the best use of that. That's way. a little bit of a, of a, of a reach. But
1: I know I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree because that was my plan. But I, it just never came, was able to come to fruition. But I, I, I did have that plan in at least two of my drafts to like try to take him and and stash him somewhere. But somebody beat me to it. But so I mean, he's another one definitely. If if you know, just look to see if if someone drops him, like you know, if they need the roster spot. Well, I mean, he'd be an IR because he's officially out. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, if as injuries started pile up and might need the IR spots, and somebody might have to drop him. Yeah, it's obviously like he would be a great addition to any team.
0: Indeed. All right. So I believe that gives us a good spot, a good landing spot for this week and the fantasy spot. So as always, everyone, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the beige. Like us and subscribe on Instagram. You can find us on everywhere but Apple Podcasts for the audio. And of course, on YouTube. So again, we shall see you next time.